So, great big good morning. Great to have you joining us here, whether you're joining us as part of our studio audience or you're joining us from anywhere across the country any day of the week. It's wonderful to have you here. And we want to start out again and be remiss in not saying Happy Mother's Day. And, and Lamont is great at reminding, it reminds me all the time when I read what she writes, you know, about how the holiday is beautiful for some people, more challenging for others. And regardless, we just want to welcome you here today, wish you Happy Mother's Day who, for whoever that played that maternal role in your life. We can celebrate that today. So with getting started today, I, I was thinking a lot about over the past couple days, because the conversation came up several times, uh, people who were wrestling with this idea of faith. And, and they were inter they're really interested in God, and the faith thing is just a wrestling match for them. And it's interesting, because I think, I think there are different ways to hold faith. And we're going to be looking at it in one particular way today. So it's easy to see, to see faith as that there's this big geometric proof out there. And once somebody gives it to you, then you will have faith. <laughs> you know, it'll be like all there written out, boom, done, we're good. Faith is not a formula. Faith is a journey. Faith is not a formula. Faith is a journey. What does that mean? Well, I, I just am so struck by, by, as a pastor, inviting people into faith is inviting them into this incredibly good story. It's a story where we can learn about eternity. It's a story where we can learn about forgiveness. It's a story where we can learn about joy, where we can learn about what's important. We can learn about what matters and what lasts. And we not only can learn it, but that we can live it together. I think, again, I say this many times, I think the biggest challenge we have is comfort, actually. It's very easy to be comfortable. And can we maybe risk a little of the discomfort of trying to live our lives into a bigger story? I think that's what the, that's what the invitation is faith is all about. It's not about, again, like formulaic. It's about this beautiful journey. And we get to see that all the time. And the joy that those moments bring is just incredible. And today, the part of the journey that I'm going to talk about is this. The idea that every moment touches eternity. That every moment touches eternity. And you can even flip it around. Eternity touches every moment. So, friends, to get started here, this series has been, been part of one on simplicity. And it's, it's interesting. I, there's just a few conversations I can have that I know where everybody goes, like, oh, yes. And one is on simplicity. We did a survey on Facebook. And on that survey, we asked, would you like a simpler life? 100% of people said yes. Like, what a big surprise that is. I, I really have never met anyone. I'm sure there's a few out there who are like, you know what? My life is way too simple. I got to complex it up said no one ever. There's something about our souls, and again, this even speaks tangent here to faith, there's something about our souls that just craves the simple. Just craves the basic rhythms of life. The beauty of all that. And of course, we get distracted by a lot of things. I think that's part of the human condition, and we are asleep to a lot of things. That's part of the human condition. 
And yet, deep in our souls, I think there really is this desire to find a simplicity, to find a simpler way of seeing it. And that's what we're going to look at today. Again, this idea of connection, this idea of moments that touch eternity. So to get started with that, we're going to do a little science here. Two questions for you. How many ligaments in the human body? How many bones in the human body? Yes. Does anybody know, want to shout out how many ligaments? I know we have a medical professional in the audience, so. Anybody want to take a guess? All right. Six. That's a good guess. Totally wrong. So there's actually, folks, and I think this is fascinating, in terms of how many ligaments in the human body, there are 900. 900 ligaments. And just you even think about right, shoulders and wrists and ankles, what are called floating joints, you know, they're all kind of strapped together with these ligaments. And there's over 200 bones. So, so the idea that you have these ligaments in our bodies, and the job of these ligaments is to connect the bones together so that we have structure and we can move. I mean, I think you can see where the sermon is going here. <laughs> That beautiful idea of connection. And folks, religio, the word for connect, the word for connect in Latin is ligio. That's where we get the word ligament. Religio, not a surprise. The word we get out of that is the word religion. Is the word religion. So religio means religion. And that idea, folks, of, of religio, of, of those kinds of connections, that idea of, of that religion is all about being a ligament. It's about how do we make these connections? How do we do it? How do we reconnect? Because I think people really want that. They really want this idea of connection. And not only do they want this idea of connection, but how do we do it in a simple way? Remembering one simple thing. And this is what I would say. This is what I would say. And, it, and again, like back up and just think of the simplicity here, folks. The simplicity. The simple idea is something is possible here. A simple belief that a new creation can start now. Something is possible here, a simple belief that a new creation can start now. That, I think, can become a really significant key. I know even last night, you know, I'm at a wedding. I always get a little anxious around weddings uh, because there's all these people I don't know. And boy, does it, does it shift it just to step into a group and that just realize, like, oh, what's new here? What's, what's the possible interaction here? It's a very simple way to hold it. And I think that gets to the idea of being a ligament. I think that gets to the idea of religio, of how those ligaments connect, how they pull everything together, how it all works. That's incredibly important, folks, and incredibly significant in our lives to remember that and to somehow be open to it, because when we're open to it, every moment possibly does this. I think every moment does. It's about if we live into it. Every moment, then, 
religio can truly touch eternity. Marcus runs during the curse of a new course of a new church live service. So, again, folks, we'll, that'll stop here in a second. Again, great to have you folks here today. And, and the idea of, of simple and how do we make it simple? Isn't it interesting how much? And this is kind of a twist, right? 
how much we complicate our lives when we believe nothing is possible. And granted, I want to say there are some relationships that are so broken that maybe there is no possibility there. But there's always possibility in here. It's easy to succumb to the idea of like, well, I'm going to simplify my life. I'm going to really just decide who's in, who's out, all this stuff. No. No, 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 no. Religio. Reconnection. Faith. Faith is a journey. A journey where we learn over and over again that every moment, every moment, has the possibility of touching eternity. That's a really strong place to be, and I, I think that's so much where, where, where God is calling us. And we see that, we see a certain context for this, like how we might be able to hold it, numerous parts throughout the Bible. And this is one I wanted to share with you today. This is from Ephesians 1, verses 3 to 12. So I'm going to step aside and read this here. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Now that, that chose us from a Christian New Church perspective. Think us. Think everybody. We're all chosen. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, and this is so beautiful, in love, he predestined us for adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. Again, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus constantly using this language of with us. To bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Folks, there's so many beautiful parts, you know, embedded in that. And, and I want to talk for a minute, folks, again, about this idea of chosenness and predestination. Chosenness and predestination. We're all chosen. God chose you, and ready for this? That's why you're alive. <laughs> That's why you're breathing. That's why you have a body. Because you are chosen. That's a very different view of faith than the idea that we're trying to figure out who is chosen and who is not. <laughs> very different. And it's not only that chosenness, it's, it's this idea, and, and Christian New Church theology is so emphatic about this, like we are predestined to heaven. Like God has set it up for there to be a heaven from the human race. That's what he set up. That's the way life pulls. And it doesn't mean that life doesn't have tragedies and really hard parts to it. But there's this beautiful piece that should anchor us on the other side of it all. That should anchor us very, very deeply on the other side in this idea that, that the future is bright and that the future is indeed beautiful. That, that part, folks gives us something to rest in when we really understand that there, there is a picture and the, and, and the picture is good. It's not perfect, but it is beautiful. And you may be living in a moment right now that is the last word you would ever use would be beautiful. And we can anchor ourselves into that bigger picture. I think we can rest in that. We can rest in that future and that plan and we can act in the present in very courageous ways. 
couple of simple things. Blessed to do a, a wedding yesterday. This is a big wedding season for our church here, big baptism season for our church. Blessed to do a wedding, and, and when we did the rehearsal, I'm chatting with the couple. We'd done the rehearsal. I pulled them aside. I said, oh, let's just, let's just pray together a little bit, and I asked them each what they were thinking, and, and Anna had this beautiful line, and she just got a little breath, and she said, oh, Chuck, I feel at peace and in love. Ah, oh, what a good moment. Because we can find that place where we can actually find that, that deep rest and literally start to live in love. And that's where we can see a shift. You know, we do every morning, we do a little morning kids' chapel at 9 a.m. And this morning I talked about the difference, and this is courtesy of Brene Brown, the difference between fitting in and belonging. And, and belonging never questions who you are. Belonging is just, it's, it's, you just get to arrive as you. You get to be in whatever environment as you. Fitting in means we're constantly having to contort it. We're constantly having to change it. We're, we're constantly having to be hypervigilant looking around. And here's, just, here's God going, no, 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 no. I need you to understand. I need you to listen carefully. You belong. You've always belonged. I mean, that feeling of not belonging, I think, is one of the hardest feelings that humans have to go through. I think it's part of life. Imagine we all go through it, and God is constantly whispering, no, no, you belong. Especially with faith. It can't be this kind of thing where we, we have this expectation that people are going to work hard, have to work hard to fit in somehow. That's not it. Folks, these are the kinds of journeys we're to settle into. This is the kind of faith we're actually called to have. And it's a faith that is, that is, that is rich. And it's, it's a faith, again, like this idea of, of allowing people to just belong, the sense of belonging. Thomas Merton phrased it so beautifully in this very famous quote, where he said, the beginning of this love is, to will, is the will to let those we love be perfectly themselves, the resolution not to twist them to fit our own image. If in loving them we do not love what they are, but only their potential likeness to ourselves, then we do not love them. We only love the reflection of ourselves that we find in them. Oh, that's a powerful line. I think the journey there, the, the challenge, is, is I think God is constantly pulling us away from sort of narcissism 1.0 and narcissism 2.0. Now, now, what does that mean? Well, I, I think we step into a place often where it's sort of narcissism 1.0, and, and, and the, the legend of Narcissus was, Narcissus, say that properly, was Narcissus fell in love with his reflection in a lake and wasn't able to actually leave it. He fell so in love with it. And that's how he ends up dying. And narcissism 2.0 is when we take that same image that we fall in love with of ourselves and we put it in another person. And all we're loving is that reflection of ourselves in them. We're not really loving them. And, and folks, I think you can see, right? Like, like if living a simple life is getting to that point where we really are able to ask, how does eternity touch here? What's possible here? Well, it's not going to be possible if we're just seeing the other person as a mirror image of ourselves. 
That's not to say there aren't things we don't share. There obviously are. But, but it's how do we look more deeply into that, really, really understanding people, really looking at it from an openness that starts to be life-giving. I think that's so key, an openness that starts to be life-giving. Jesus warns us about when we, can, when we get off track. This is a very famous line. If you love those who love you, what credit, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And I think this is a beautiful call, right, for us to consider how is it that we even can come back to that simple, what's possible here? How does this moment touch eternity? Or even come back to that in situations that are really difficult, that are really challenging, that are, that are really hard to somehow work our way through. And there's an incredible invitation here, folks, to a yes. This is from the book Heaven and Hell. Love is receptive of every quality, receptive of everything that harmonizes with it. Love longs for such things, seeks them out, absorbs them because it has the constant purpose of uniting itself to them and being enriched by them. That line, folks, you know, that idea, right, that, that, that life if we're going to be religio, if we're really going to be working on this connection, that we have to sort of be open to the opportunities that are there. And as the quote says there, you know, that, that we're able to understand love. Like, like love just isn't, it's not just this outpouring. And, it's, it's, and, and parts of it are, like I don't want to be too simplistic there. Parts of it clearly are this outpouring. Like can we really be a loving person? Right? That, that's, that's important. But love also has this other element to it. Where love not, not only goes out as a loving force out there into the world, but love creates this space where then that enrichment comes right back to us. That, I mean, that's so powerful. I was talking with a parishioner right before this. They have 11 people at lunch every Sunday. And I invited myself to lunch. I want to see that. I don't want to go there and prove anything to anyone. I just want to see that because I know that if I just sit there, that there'll be an enrichment that comes back. That there'll be things that are possible there. There'll be a moment that touches eternity there. Like, that's good stuff. That's religio. That's, that's what I think real faith, where, where it starts to get us in incredibly beautiful ways. And then we get this chance, folks, to just, to just see the world and to watch the world open up. I, a quote I love, and this is from, from Rowan Williams. We come to hear, listen to this beautiful line. We come to hear the shared reality that resonates, which gives us the same note of the divine action that creates it. So we start to hear this resonance, like there's this divine note, this divine song, universe, one song, it, it resonates on our heart, and then we start to hear it with other people, we get to experience that, it comes back, it enriches us, and then it goes back out to them. I mean, that's a miracle to me to watch that over and over and over again. 
I had a great conversation with a, with a couple, and, and, you know, like, I, we had just learned so much from other people, and uh, they were Sikhs uh, from India, and they had just gotten married, and I was talking to them about their wedding and their marriage, and, uh, <laughs> and I asked them, so what's sort of the core of a Sikh wedding? And because and I, I am doing one coming up with a with a bride who's uh, who's a bride who's Sikh, and and they said something beautiful. They said, "Oh, Chuck, a Sikh wedding's all about this. Listen to this, folks. A Sikh wedding's all about this. It's about as a guy, as he's telling me, it's about you found a partner, not a follower. That's really good. See, and, and those are the kinds of moments. Those are the kind of conversations." where if we step into it knowing that those moments touch eternity, knowing that something is possible here, it means even the awkwardness of a social situation, walking up to somebody you don't know and saying hi, can open it up in ways that are truly amazing. I think about, many of you know, a few weeks ago we were down in South Carolina. Had a great time down there. It was a a beautiful little home church. and to, To be in a living room that's packed with with 27 people, you know, all right there, and, and Curtis Childs is doing a wonderful job up here at our home church. It, it really was just that moment that, yep, this is just a moment that touches eternity. And then you hear stories about how people do that, like how people actually live lives that do that. One story that came from this trip down in South Carolina was a wonderful story that a law enforcement, a retired law enforcement officer shared with me. And, and part of his job was, was uh, he was the, the, the chief, and what he would sometimes do, it would be his job to take somebody from, from the sort of the local jail to serve their sentence, whatever that might be. And he said, you know what I would do? He got a smile. He said, make sure they were shackled in front, and he would stop for fast food on the way to the jail. Folks, there's something about that when I heard that, that I thought, here's here's a police officer. Here's this this criminal who's done something, he's gotta pay his due, right? And, And granted, the police officer isn't using this language, but I'm gonna use it because it's what I saw there. This police officer is able to just come from a place of what's possible here? What's possible if if just for this guy is going to be serving a number of years? What's possible if I just give him a Big Mac? Every moment touches eternity. What would that moment be like for that person sitting in the back seat? That little human touch. Now, does it mean that it's, it's going to turn everybody's life around? Well, wouldn't it be nice if everybody's life could be turned around by the McDonald's drive through <laughs> It's not going to be true. We know that. But that's not the game we're playing. We're playing a journey. We're playing a journey of as best we can, touching eternity with every moment that God gives before us, knowing, as is said over and over again, God speaks to us in the opportunities he places before us. What's possible here? What's possible now? And then, of course, you know, 
Mother's Day. And again, Mother's Day, for many people, you know, it's not always the, the uh, you know, for some people it's a strain, for other people it's, it's truly blessed, for other people they actually get to sing with their mama. <laughs> and yet we all can look at that and think of somebody who played that role and what they meant. It was interesting, again, doing some reading up on Mother's Day, and, and uh, Anne Lamott, again, she had this beautiful blog, and one of the things she said is that, Make sure, you know, when you honor, when you think about Mother's Day, if it works for you to honor your mother, do it. And also take a look at who were the friends around your mother that helped her to be a better mother. That helped her to do certain things. And I think as all parents, as a father too, you know, we all know that. We all know that there's, there's these other people we rely on who somehow help us to be better parents, who may actually be like a godparent to our kids, either literally or figuratively. You know, I remember for myself, I remember my Uncle Barry. Well, my Uncle Barry, I didn't know he wasn't actually my uncle <laughs> until I think I was in my 20s. It just never occurred to me that he wasn't actually related. What he was, was he was my dad's best friend, but he was Uncle Barry. Those, those kinds of things I think we can truly celebrate. We can allow every moment to touch eternity. So as you hear this next song, folks, think about that possibility. Think about what opens up. And when we come back, we're going to draw just a few closing thoughts and a smile of how to live into that future.
The more they stay the same Oh, don't you think it's strange? Girl, put your records on Tell me your favorite song Just go ahead, let your hair down Sapphire and faded jeans I hope you get your dreams Just go ahead, let your hair down Oh, you're gonna find yourself somewhere Somehow It was more than I could take Pity for pity's sake Some lights kept me awake I thought that I was stronger When you gonna realize That you don't even have to try any longer Do what you want to And girl, put your records on Oh, just go ahead and let your hair down Sapphire and faded jeans I hope you get your dreams Just go ahead and let your hair down Oh, girl, put your records on Tell me your favorite song Just go ahead and let your hair down Sapphire and faded jeans I hope you get your dreams Just go ahead and let your hair down Oh, you're gonna find yourself somewhere Thank you. Hey everyone, for those of you who don't know, our fiscal year ends at the end of June. We are encouraging everybody to consider making a donation to support this amazing congregation. The only way we're able to exist is through your generosity. It supports everything we do here. We hope you'll visit our website and make a donation today. Again, and folks, we do so appreciate the financial support that allows us to do what we do and to have beautiful music, including music that makes the pastor giggle because the chorus is let your hair down. You know, it, it, this stuff all really matters. You know, I just want to say, and it's, and it's not about, again, I want to say it's not a formula. It's not something we figure out and we finally get it. It's, it's, it's a process, and we have to keep on trying over and over again. WD-40. As many of you know, you know the two things every man needs is a, is a can of WD-40 and duct tape, and that will solve a huge amount of life's problems. Well, I, loved, I, I love reading obituaries. It's geeky, but I love reading obituaries. I love reading about people's life stories. And I read about the person who invented WD-40. Do you know where they got that name? WD-40, he had tried to make this water displacement formula. He had tried it 39 times, and number 40 worked, so he called it WD-40. And it's a beautiful way to sort of hold life, right? That is, it is this effort. It is how do we try to do it again and again and again. I want to end here at the beginning. We mentioned at the beginning of the service, you know, how much we wrestle with faith sometimes. Like faith is a belief system, as, a, as, a, as an equation. Really, we have to start to shift away from that. And it's not that belief isn't important. But what I can offer you, if, if belief is something you're after, live a life of connection. 
Now, not everybody's called to the same level of connection. All introverts are welcome to raise their hand. <laughs> it's not what it's about. It's about living the connections that you are called to, including some that might be a little uncomfortable. I want to say that. But that connection and that, that, that joining that flow of life, religio, that joining that connectedness, 900 ligaments, which means one of them is you, one of them, you're part of that. Folks, I can tell you, that will lead to a great faith, a deep and rich faith. Because as you find other people ready for this, you find God. Sometimes in God's distressing disguises, but you find God. And you come to realize how was, what was famously said, that what starts to happen is we find this. The gate of heaven is everywhere. The gate of heaven's everywhere. As we live into that beautiful place, folks, that, that connectedness, I, I think we can see our role. And, and again, it's, it's not that we want to sort of pursue people in this, in, this, in this relentless form of connection. Here's a beautiful line warning from, from C.S. Lewis, famous C.S. Lewis. She spent her life doing good to others. You could tell the others by their hunted look. <laughs> I think that's a good quote, good thing to remember. That's not what we're trying to do here. What we're trying to remember is just this simplicity. The life is not about efficiency, comfort, self-esteem, success, or achievement. It's about getting. Something's possible here. A simple belief that a new creation can start now. I want to say, you know, and I, and I do know for some folks, you know, you may well be in the midst of a situation where it's hard to imagine something new as possible. It literally feels so catastrophic. I want to breathe with that for a second. Because that is true. There are those moments. And within that, maybe the feeling something new isn't some wonderful solution where it all works out. It's just this simple knowledge that you're being held. That God's with you in that moment, in that darkness, and hopefully you can find friends and family who can reflect that love. That resonance, as was said, the shared reality that resonates through all people. Maybe find that. And the closing words here, folks. And I love this little meme. We should go at this with a lot of enthusiasm, with a lot of joy. I love this, this quote here, beautiful. Whatever you do today, do it with the confidence of a four-year-old in a Batman t-shirt. And I think that's the way we're supposed to go about life. You know, when Jesus says you must become like a little child, I think Jesus says, yeah, you gotta be like a little kid in a Batman t-shirt. That's where we can really find it. I know life's hard. I know there's a lot of struggle. I know life's good. 
I know there's connection. I know religion at its best reminds us of that ultimate truth, that we're in it together. So friends, this week, make it a very religious week by simply doing this, connecting as best you can. Amen. What we're going to do now, friends, is I'm going to offer a little prayer. Then we'll do the Lord's Prayer, followed by a little blessing, moment of reflection, then we'll have our final song. So please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. And Lord, as always, help us. Help us in that journey of connection. Knowing that in that connection, somehow that is where belief lies. That is where faith is truly born. That's where heaven is. Heaven never is a solitary thing, but heaven has community. Community then and there, community here and now. Bless all the people, Lord, joining us today. Bless them from the north, south, east, west. Bless them any time of day where they're listening, Lord. And bless us as well. Bless us with your presence in a spirit of moving forward in this world. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this week. And thank you for the week ahead. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace, friends, and bring you home. Amen.
so much. Enjoy the rest of your day and your week. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. 